Hello, church. I want to speak to you today about expectation. As, as you've entered this new year, what, what are the spiritual expectations that you hold? What has God said to you? What, what is his direction for you? What, what promises has he given to you for this season? Expectation is vital in the realm of faith. I want to give you a bit of a, of a definition of what expectation is. It, it's, it's having the confidence. It's being possessed of a strong belief that something will be the case or, or will happen in the future. It's more than an immature wish or a, a foolish dream that, that we might have had when we were growing up being kids. I, I may have a wish to be an NBA player, that, that's foolish. I'm, I'm not going to make it. Uh, but but it, it's more than that. It's, it's a confidence that God is involved, that, that He has directed, that He has led you to this place in time and in history to believe, to expect an answer, uh, expect an intervention, a sign or proof that God is at work in your situation. Expectation is part of the faith that brings our, interve- our hopes into reality, brings, our, uh, found- brings us to a foundation that's needed to acquire the things that we hope for. That's, that's what Hebrews chapter 11 says. In my head, when I meditate on the word expectation, it's always tied to the story of Simeon. One of my favorite New Testament narratives. Jesus has been born, and eight days after he was born, his parents, Mary and Joseph, take him to the temple to be circumcised and to be publicly named, as was directed by the law of Moses. He's given the name that the angels gave to Mary and Joseph. He is to be called Jesus, which is the Greek form of the Hebrew word Joshua, meaning God is salvation. You remember, the angel says, His name shall be Jesus, for He shall save His people from their sins. 32 days after the circumcision, Mary and Joseph are required by the law of Moses to take a sacrifice to the temple and to take their firstborn there and present him to God. And the law said that every firstborn male child shall be set apart for God's use, for for God's service. And that the prescribed sacrifice was either to be a pair of turtle doves or, or two young pigeons. So the three of them, Joseph, Mary, and Jesus, are making the nine kilometer journey from Bethlehem to Jerusalem. And as they make their way across the courtyard of the temple to the place where the dedication would take place, this this little family encounters uh, an elderly man who, who they do not know, but who has been waiting there, awaiting their arrival. This man is such an intriguing character. He's a good man. He's a a man with strong morals and a good, strong character. He was a man that loved God passionately, with such passion that, that he was careful about how he talked, how he walked, how he lived his life. He he kept himself pure. 
He, he understood that he had a divine purpose, a purpose given by God. And in no way did he want to compromise or, or sully that purpose. He, he wanted to honor God with his life and by the way that he lived his life day after day. His name was Simeon. And Luke says that the spirit of holiness rested on him. It wasn't a set of rules and regulations. It, it was an understanding. It was a conviction that as a person, he did not live his life for his own purpose. He was owned by God and that that ownership had a purpose. God had brought him to this part of history to, to fulfill an assignment with his life. He, he was focused. Simeon was devoted to pleasing God by fulfilling his God-given purpose. He, he was set apart for a divine reason. I, I want you to know that you have a divine purpose. You are, you are here in the perfect plan of God, and there is a reason for you being where you are, who you are at this very moment. Scripture tells us that Simeon believed with all of his heart, had an expectation that the Messiah, the one that was promised in the Old Testament, the one that was called the, the refreshing of Israel, would come to the nation very soon. In fact, Simeon had been told by the Holy Spirit that he, Simeon, would not die before the Messiah, the one sent by God, would arrive. That's something vital that I, I don't want you to miss. There's this 400-year gap between the last words of the Old Testament and the first words of the New Testament. It, it's called a lot of things, the interbiblical period, the, the, the parentheses between what God did and what God was about to do. But it's also called the silent era, the, the time where God didn't speak to people because they weren't listening. And yet in this, this quiet time, this time where God was silent, he, he came to this man, this, this devoted man, this man who wanted to live his life in a pleasing way to God. God chooses to speak clearly to Simeon, speaks to him before he speaks to Zechariah about his coming son, John the Baptist, speaks to Simeon before he speaks to Mary or Joseph uh, about their son. Simeon, you will not die. You will not die before you see the promised Messiah. Your assignment is to pray toward this day, uh, toward this, pray protection over all the events that, that lead up to this period of time and be prepared to speak the words of promise and of prophecy over the Messiah when he comes to you. You are a vital key. You are vital to what will happen on the earth when the Messiah comes. And, and I want you to spend your life preparing. I want you to spend your time cultivating the expectation that this promise will be fulfilled in your lifetime. You and I live in a very loud, uh, distracting, defiant, polarized era of time where there's a lot of voices that are fighting for our attention, fighting for our, our votes. However, God has a people, a passionate, passionate people who want to walk in the spirit of holiness, who, who are passionate about following the ways of God. And God is very dedicated to speaking to that people. Today, 
very focused on allowing the Holy Spirit to show them the things that are to come. For Simeon, this lifelong assignment, it goes on from very early. We're not told when it starts, uh, when he received the mandate, but but the language leads us to believe that it was a decades-long process. Luke says that Simeon was possessed by an expectation, a strong confidence that he would not die before he had seen the Messiah that had been prophesied 700 years by the prophet Isaiah. That this is the reason that Simeon got out of bed every morning. This was the focus of his life, to, to pray and to prepare for this one brief encounter with the Savior of the world sent by God himself. On the morning that Mary and Joseph prepared to go to the temple for the dedication of Jesus, Holy Spirit speaks to Simeon, the elderly man. And he he prompts him, today, Simeon, today is the day. Uh, the, the, The promise was made that you would not die before you saw the gift that God gives to the world. And that day is now. It's here. Get up, get ready, go to the temple court, wait there. Holy Spirit had Simeon in a place of readiness at that very moment that that Jesus and his parents walk across the court on their way towards the temple to fulfill the law's requirements, the law of Moses' requirements. Simeon, who knew immediately who Mary and Joseph were, who the baby was, no matter how crowded, how busy the courts were that day, Simeon walks over to this young family and introduces himself in such a way that they allow him, this stranger, this man they've never met, to take the baby in his arms. And it says in Luke chapter 2, verses 28 to 31, Simeon cradled the baby in his arms. And he started out by praying and praising God. And then he prophesied, Lord and Master, I am your loving servant, and now I can die contented. My purpose has been fulfilled. For you have fulfilled your promise to me. With my own eyes, I have seen your word, the Savior you sent to the world. It was an important announcement made to three important groups of beings. First, he was speaking to Mary and Joseph. He he was confirming to them that they were in the plan that God had given to them. The angel had had convinced them months ago that this baby was the son of God. And Mary had a confirmation through her older cousin Elizabeth when they came together to visit. But in the intervening months, the scriptures say that Mary had quietly, privately pondered everything that had been told to her in in the secret places of her heart. And God sends a messenger, sends Simeon to confirm to this young couple, you have started your divine uh, journey as I end mine, Simeon says. You have brought the Savior of the world here today by divine appointment. You have done and you are doing what God has asked of you. You are on a mission. Keep going. He speaks to that couple first. And then he speaks prophetically to the world, to to the people of his time and to all the people that would be living from that moment forward. And he says, there is hope for you 
in this one, this baby. There is hope for you in your crisis. There is a strong deliverer who has come to set you free from the terror of your captivity. God said you could expect help. God promised that you would expect hope to come. And I am here under the authority of God to announce that all that was promised long ago has now arrived. And the promise is about to be be fulfilled. Expect hope to break forth starting now. He says it to all people. But the third party that was put on notice were, were the powers of darkness. Since Adam's fall, Satan and his legions had been running amok, spreading the tyranny of their work everywhere, always. And the elderly Simeon lifts up his voice and says, Powers of darkness, hear this truth and hear it well. This one named Jesus will bring glory, will bring hope and salvation to the people of God. And what's more, he will be the revelation light in this horrid darkness for all people everywhere. Your reign of terror is over, darkness. There's a new sheriff in town and your days of wrecking havoc are over. He has come. There's an expectation. These powerful words by a man who had been prepared for a lifetime to deliver this message had been expecting the word and the promise of God to be fulfilled and was ready to announce that the season had now changed. And that from this point forward, life would surge, surge throughout the planet to all people everywhere. Luke records that that Mary and Joseph stood in slack-jawed wonder, awestruck over what was being said about their baby. They knew what God had spoken to them about what he was going to be involved in and going to to happen through his life. But, But to realize that God was preparing, God was speaking and stirring up history and expectation, not just for decades, but for centuries, was stunning to them. That they were a part of it all. That he was speaking and and confirming his plan, his purposes, in all sorts of ways, through all sorts of people. It was overwhelming to Mary and Joseph. And and Simeon, whose expectations had been fulfilled, now now took time to speak the blessing of God over Mary and Joseph's work as parents to the Son of God. Uh, you, You will be blessed. You will be provided for. The wisdom of God will be your portion and will be available to you. God will charge His angels to to watch over your comings and your goings, the places where you rest and the destinations that you go to. However, Simeon, who who has known the plan of God for, for years, now turns to the mother and speaks prophetically over Mary. The words are found in verses 34 and 35. And, and he, he says, Mary, beware. Be aware that there's a battle that's going on over, over your child in, in spiritual atmospheres of this world. If you've not seen or if you've not believed in the battle of good versus evil, Mary, know this, your son will encounter the most intense and powerful forces of evil. Many people will not recognize who he is and why he has 
come. And so they will reject him. They will push him away. They will oppose everything he says, everything he does. His work will come to a miraculous and climatic moment when he will lay down his life as a miracle sign. It will appear that evil has won and that good has been murdered and buried. It will be a painful sword that will pierce your inner being. But do not lose hope. Hang on to the expectation of this promise at that very dark moment. The reason the Son of God was revealed was to undo and to destroy the works of the devil. And when hope seems lost, this one will expose, this this child of yours will expose the truth through a power that has never been seen or understood or experienced before. This revelation light will expose the light, will will expose the lie uh, and and the the heart of darkness. Man, it's just an amazing thing. Mary, hear my words, hold on to them. They will bring you comfort. They They will hold you in place. Expectation has kept Simeon on mission all of his life. God has spoken clearly. God has has made promises. And there was a strong belief. There was this conviction. There was this expectation in this man of God that God would come through powerfully. And he stands in the day and he sees the fulfillment of the promise and the purpose that God had put on his life. We as a church have just completed eight days of of prayer and fasting. We as a church are a people of expectation. Every night people came together and we we prayed over specific areas of, of life and of ministry. We understand we are on a mission. We are of the expectation that God is about to do something Miraculous. He's going to intervene for us. He's going to roll up his sleeve, bear his arm, and show his might. We are on divine assignment, and we have come together with the understanding that prayer makes a difference. Prayer is predicated on expectation. John John writes to the believers and the followers of Jesus so that they, they have a confidence, they own an assurance that the Son of God has brought them to life. Hear, hear these words from John 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. We have this confidence. We can also have great boldness before God. For if we ask anything that's agreeable, anything that's aligned with His will, God will hear us. And if we know that He hears us in whatever we ask, we also know that we have obtained, we have this expectation that we have obtained the requests that we ask of Him. Because Jesus is all-powerful, all-knowing, everywhere present, the Son of God, we can carry this expectation, we can have this courageous boldness in coming to Jesus. The the boldness comes because of this. We've asked in alignment with His will and His purpose. He hears us. He he not only hears, but He promises to answer. Because of His nature, we know that we we will get an answer, that He will grant the requests that we have made of Him. I love that promise. I hold on to it almost every time I come to prayer. 
We, we can expect an answer. We can, we can expect His power to be revealed. He, his life to be dispatched to our situation. His revelation light to dispel our darkness, to scatter our fears, to expose the light, the, the lie, and bring the light to, of truth and hope alive in this desperate situation. We are a people of expectation. We expect the intervention of God because He has promised never to leave us, never to forsake us, that He will hear our requests. He will grant us our prayer. I I love that expectation also has this way of attracting God's attention. Listen to this insight from Psalm 33, verse 18. The eyes of the Lord are upon the weakest worshipers who love Him. Those who wait in hope and expectation for the strong, steady love of God. We are a people of expectation. And so, Father, today I'm praying right now that expectation would grow in us. That the faith in who you are and all that you can do would carry us through every difficulty and bring us to those moments of fulfilled expectation like Simeon had when he stood in the court holding the promised child. God, let this people see your promise fulfilled in their lives this year, we pray. Amen.